This is CTEA's On the Radar podcast, Episode 3. The art of persuasion takes many forms. At its most subtle, it's dropping hints in a conversation. More aggressive forms include banners and billboards. But somewhere in the middle are the advocates and the lobbyists. CTEA and its partner group, Canadian Manufacturers and Exporters, work on your behalf raising various issues with government. Is that advocacy or is it lobbying? Don Moore and Matt Poirier explore the difference on this episode of On the Radar. Matt is the Senior Director of National Policy and Government Relations at Canadian Manufacturers and Exporters. Now, here's your host, Don Moore. Well, good afternoon. Uh, This is Don Moore again with the Canadian Transportation Equipment Association and uh, our uh, podcast series uh, On the Radar. And today I've got Matt Poirier uh, with me, who is the Senior Director of National Policy and Governmental Relations at the Canadian Manufacturers and Exporters and the Canadian Manufacturing Coalition. And so I want to welcome Matt. Thank you, Don. Appreciate you taking the time. Pleasure to be here. Uh, This is kind of a start of what hopefully between Matt and I, we can do a a number of uh, podcasts because I think we have a lot of things to to discuss, Uh, particularly since CTEA is a member of the CMC, the Canadian Manufacturing Coalition, and Matt's definitely uh, one of my key go-to guys, and there's a lot of interesting things to talk about. So we're going to start off by actually talking a little bit about um, uh, advocacy and lobbying and and just kind of what is that? What's the difference? Uh, and they're in the Canadian uh, environment, it's a l- little different than the states, but uh, nonetheless, I think we'll talk a little bit about that and and just give some some basis of some of the things that uh, that we do and and that uh, hopefully uh, will be of interest to all of you members out there. Uh, anyway, um, first of all. Uh, Matt, you're based in Ottawa. I am. For the CME and are responsible for keeping an eye on goings on uh, with the federal government. I know that you deal a lot with the policymaking level of government, which I don't uh, very much. I'm more at the bureaucratic level, uh, at being a, more of a sectoral association rather than an industry whole association. But which departments do you spend most of your time watching and talking to? We talk. Um, or spend most of our time talking with uh, the ICED department. So that's industry, uh, the industry department, Minister Champagne's uh, ministry. And in almost an equal measure, we talk a lot with um, Mr. Ng and, and their team in that department over at International Trade. So those are the two uh, main ministries that we deal with we call them our, our home base ministers <laughs> but we we certainly talk to everyone else um because the the number of issues that we deal with um especially finance um and uh minister freeland around this time of year as we're coming into the budget season but i would say that our home base uh is definitely with the minister of industry and the minister of trade I mean, as as the title of this podcast, uh, as I kind of chose it, is there a difference in your opinion between what you might consider advocacy versus what you would might consider lobbying? I.e., are you a lobbyist or an advocate for CME and, and CMC members? It depends who's asking. Well, both. <laughs> okay. It, um, I, 
You know, it, it's a good question, Don, because I, we do do both, right, um, in our day-to-day work. But I would say that I'm more of an advocate than I'm a lobbyist, even though I'm a registered law. Good stuff. And an advocate, in my mind, and I think at least in Canada, uh, most people in our profession are advocates more than lobbyists. The way I define it is an advocate speaks on behalf of a cause, or in our case, it's uh, manufacturers. Um, you're more specifically in the transportation equipment, but us at CME, uh, more broadly for the entire industry. And we have policy recommendations and solutions and problems we want to fix, but we're there to talk about the industry, all the good work that it does, the importance that it is to the economy. I find that's advocacy. You're raising awareness. You're trying to convince people uh, to, you know, adopt more favorable policies generally of the government that will benefit manufacturing uh, and business. So in that respect, I really do see our work as advocacy and lobbying. I mean, it's really closely related. I look at it more though, Donna's they're very specific sort of problem solving issues, right? So for example, um, when it comes to lobbying uh, or what I would consider more a lobbying activity, Don, is uh, during the pandemic, we had the wage subsidy and it came out with this wage subsidy. We had asked for it as a big broad policy to help manufacturers weather the, the storm, right? Um, and then the government came out with this program and it had a whole bunch of rules, and different criteria to qualify, which captured most manufacturers that were in need. Unfortunately, some of the criteria excluded others. So we had a few members that came to us that say, hey, look, you know, I'm, I'm looking at this policy that the government brought out. It's designed, it, it's meant to help me, but I don't qualify for it. So we need to go in and be very surgical in what we're asking for to get these rules changed to include us because I don't think we were meant to be excluded. So, you know, and we do that type of work too on those big And and that's what I would consider more direct lobbying, right? To say, hey, there's a specific issue, surgical issue. And, you know, ultimately we got that that change, but they – they they're really closely related, right? <laughs> the two, but yeah, I guess in a, more is that big picture. Yeah, and I I think the way I kind of look at it too is they're they're kind of along the same scale, except advocacy is a little more on the education, a little less on that I want this yeah. <laughs> specific thing, whereas lobbying is a little more of this is what we need, uh, and yes, there's an educating of you know, what's a, the background, et cetera. But uh, yeah, I, and that's why I feel in a way, you know, certainly at my, the level I work at, it's usually advocacy and it's a lot of an education of who are we, what are we about, uh, and, you know, how do we see, because we're dealing at regulation mm-hmm. rather almost than legislation in a lot of ways. And so it's why does that regulation cause us an issue and so there's a lot of education of what's happening and and why we're we're dealing with that so i think what you're saying is kind of in line with that yeah i i it is and you know there's 
we, we didn't get into it at the start, but there's differences uh, it within from one organization, one trade association to the next, right, Don? So as you mentioned, mm-hmm. uh, yes. the CTA focuses specifically on as a sectoral association on on the issues affecting your membership, whereas the CME speaks for the entire industry. So there's pros and cons to mm-hmm. to both those structural things, different challenges too, but certainly from us as you know the big horizontal. Um, we really can't, often can't dive down into very specific regulatory stuff. We leave that expertise to you guys and we'll focus on the big message on educating, like you say, um, people and, and really fighting for uh, our fair share. Yeah, and I certainly see that. And I think that's why I find the CMC, the Canadian Manufacturing Coalition, so important. We're a member. We have our issues. Um, and CMC is in a position to take that one, see, you know, like work on our behalf potentially at the, the policy level, but also talk to the other manufacturing associations and actually, you know, see if everybody, anybody else is having that issue. Others, I mean, we've, we've run across that a few times where, uh, we have an issue I think it might affect others, so I'll come to you and we'll put it to the group. And sure enough, there's, you know, maybe even, you know, just three or four, but at least then there's something, you know, where we can get together and work on that particular issue uh, together. And that helps give voice to to that uh, that problem and hopefully convince those making decisions to sort of take that into consideration. So yeah, no, I, I, I just wanted to reinforce that com- comment. Just a reminder, you're listening to On the Radar, a podcast presentation of the Canadian Transportation Equipment Association. CTEA's Don Moore is speaking with Matt Poirier, the Senior Director of National Policy and Government Relations at Canadian Manufacturers and Exporters. Now back to Matt and Don. Let's consider a few key ministries and their people. Over your time in your current role, uh, how have you found dealing with particularly, say, the PMO and finance? They're the two probably most senior, uh, powerful areas in government. I would say that we always have been lucky to enjoy really good working relationships um, with the prime minister's office um, and with the finance minister's office. And I say the prime minister and finance minister because CME's been around since the 1800s. So we've worked with any finance ministers and prime ministers in that time. Um, but with the current offices uh, and their leaders and 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 the, the staff that work there, we work very closely with them. It's interesting. Um, this, the current government, the Trudeau government, is about six or seven years old now. Um, and during that time, certainly during my time at CME, we've seen several cycles of staffers come and go, right? But the main players have pretty much stayed the same, which is hard um, for uh, relationship building when you have that sort of cycle, cycling through of staff, right? You have to go in and tell right. your story again and educate and and sometimes you might get a new person that might not know manufacturing well or worse have um, 
you know, backwards views on, on the sector. So that's always a challenge, but that's part of the fun of this job too, is to bring people over to, <laughs> yeah. to, to your side. At, I would say it's probably, you know, one of the more daunting tasks is to keep up that work because you do have to constantly push that message and you think you're yeah. repeating yourself, and it but is, you really aren't. <laughs> yeah. It's a moving target, uh, to a sure. large extent. Um, one of the things, uh, you know, like, and I guess I should have included, like I said, uh, industry, science, economic development mm -hmm. in that, because as you say, that's your home base. Uh, would you say it's kind of, it's been typically the same, like definitely at the bureaucratic level, things don't change anywhere near as drastically no. as at those upper political policy-making, decision-making, uh, situations, minister's office, you have a change of government. And even if it stays uh, the same party, uh, there'll be changes because the prime minister will shuffle the deck, mm -hmm. and the next thing you know, you got somebody new, and usually they'll bring on some of their people. So um, yeah, and you, people, yeah, I can see where that would be a challenge. People burn out too um, in those jobs. They're yeah. they're high uh, pressure jobs. A lot of moving parts. A lot of demanding uh, demands on on someone's time. Um, are often staffed by very young people <laughs> who have yes. the, the energy to, to to roll with the punches like that. And this something going through something like the pandemic that really took a toll on on the senior ranks and ministers' offices. But like you say, Don, at the bureaucratic level in the public service side, that's very static. These people really do uh, deep dives into their files. They know their stuff very well. Um, yeah, they're, so we they're career people. Yeah, and yeah, relationships. That's and, and that is so important. Um, and I think that's something that uh, the listener should should be aware. Of. It, the biggest part of it too is is relationship building, and uh, you know it takes time and effort and and getting face to face mm -hmm. to really build those relationships. And uh, you know I, I found that, but as I say, I'm you know fairly static at the, the bureaucratic level. So I don't have to be up there quite as much and in their face, mm -hmm. but with your situation, I mean, being in Ottawa, I would have to think it would be critical simply because yeah, it's always changing. It is. So you have to go to a lot of cocktail parties, <laughs> whether that's a good thing or a bad <laughs> thing, but just to, to, yeah. to learn all the new faces and, and to keep around. But um, I, from that perspective, right. If you're looking at, I said, um, in our whole ministry, uh, it, it's a bit different than the others, right? They they understand manufacturing. They're concerned about that. They're really in mm -hmm. the weeds. Yes. And sometimes they, on a certain files, know more than we do, frankly. Um, so so that's good. That's our, I call them our built-in champions, our advocates within the government. Now they have to go and make their cases True. with their colleagues, right? Um, but also with their mm -hmm. ministerial colleagues. So often what we'll do is that if we have buy-in and, and, and support on an idea or something that we want to get done, let's say we want what well, we've been pushing a manufacturing strategy forever, um, the adoption of that. Well, okay, we'll get buy-in with the industry minister, but then we can help each other lobby the finance minister and the prime minister and colleagues there get that done so it, it's really it, it's interesting a lot of it is teamwork right because we'll have mutual goals that we want to accomplish so those relationships become very important 
in order to to do that type of teamwork. You can't just go in and say, we need this, we need that, or else, and threaten people in the media. Mm-hmm. That really gets you nowhere. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Agreed. And and sometimes even I've, you know, cautioned members for like we're dealing with something at, at, at the bureaucratic level. We're trying to get the job done. We're we're working with them. And then, you know, they'll get you know, a member might get frustrated and before he even talks to us and jump up to sending a letter to the minister's office and it's like, uh, oh, it's just gonna filter on down and it might actually cause us more headaches mm-hmm. um than than not having done that. I mean, there is a time and a place, absolutely, for getting, you know, that grassroots lobbying going yeah. with the letters to the, the ministers, et cetera. But a lot of day-to-day stuff, it's not worth it. It, it creates more headaches than it, than, it, uh, than it's worth. And usually we can work around it. And uh, but if failing that, yes, then, then there's the opportunities there. You're right, Don. And, you know, when it, in our profession, when you're plugged into the machine, right, and and you know mm-hmm. who interacts with who and how. Uh, it, it you sort of you can map out what are your best ways or methods of, of going about lobbying or advocating to get a change or a fix done. Right. So you're right. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's uh, no, we need to start grassroots level and work our way up. Sometimes you go right to the person that's in charge of this and convince them, and then work from there. But then other times, oftentimes I find is well. You know, a, a public servant can't make executive decisions on the course of the government. The government does that. So you've got to start at the government <laughs> right. and convince them. And if you don't, yes. well, you know, yes. it's an uphill battle. Well, that's why our discussion, you know, our, our other discussions we're talking about in, in future would be some of those specific issues of uh, of uh, where we need the government to, to move in directions with the budget. Uh, to to ma- to um, move forward on on issues that are important. So yeah, no, I absolutely see where you're coming from. Um, I had one kind of final question here, but I think we've already actually hmm. talked about it, and that's you know CMC seems to be working on the same issues continuously. Okay, uh, how and yet we we keep coming back to them and keep prodding them and. You know, they they maybe make little baby steps, but you know, there's uh, they, these issues seem to never really go away. How easy is it to push for change in a very fluid environment that uh, that where players can change almost daily, uh, which is kind of what we were talking about? Government relations, generally advocacy work, lobbying. It's a funny, funny <laughs> job at times because <laughs> you you can you can seriously have an issue that can get resolved with a phone call. Um, and then other times it could take years, right? Of, of slow convincing stops and starts and backtracking and progress and, and then stalls. Right. So it, it really depends on the issue. I think Don and uh, you know, the, the larger, more complex, more involved, and frankly, more expensive, the change, you know, the longer that takes to get implemented. But, you know, the the small fixes, surgical stuff, that's typically a bit easier. But it really depends. Like, you know, and and to to disprove everything I just said is the example of that wage subsidy, right? That's something Mm -hmm. that during the in the early days of, of the pandemic, when manufacturers, you know, were shutting down, were seeing their orders dry up, were going to have to curtail production either because they were being shut down. Um, 
or they their orders dried up and well we're not going to be producing and we can't bring our workers in anyways because everyone's locked down so during that time you know we went to the government with a letter and said look this is a big structural problem to the economy it's a big threat and if we don't act now and quickly to help manufacturers retain their workforces they're going to go work somewhere else right they're going to change jobs mm-hmm. and that's the biggest fear especially given all the labor shortages we have in manufacturing so that was the the idea of the nucleus of the problem that we communicated in letters and in phone calls um, with the highest levels. And that was acted on pretty quickly. And, and frankly, within weeks, we had the biggest program ever delivered in Canadian history, right? We weren't the only ones. We were talking right. with our other colleagues in the association world, but it was CME and, and the coalition, the, the manufacturing coalition right. and others that really pushed that because it was a manufacturing problem. And that, like I said, $100 billion program that was really cooked up in a few weeks. So it can yeah. move fast in urgent situation. That that's you know a once yeah. in a lifetime occurrence. Typically, though, it's it's a long slog. <laughs> Matt, this is great. I I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me uh, to educate our listeners on on what uh, what we do, what what even what I do, uh, just maybe at a little different level. So thank you very much. I really appreciate you uh, you chatting with me this afternoon. My pleasure. Well, and thanks uh, to our listeners and uh, look forward to look uh, for our future podcasts in the coming weeks and uh, we'll say bye for now. Thanks for listening to CTEA's On the Radar podcast. Don's guest was Matt Poirier, the Senior Director of National Policy and Government Relations at Canadian Manufacturers and Exporters. Be sure to subscribe to On the Radar wherever you get your podcasts. We're now on all the major podcast hosting platforms, including Apple Podcasts. If you enjoyed this episode, we hope you'll take a moment to give us a review. That helps more people to find us. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.